It's time for another episode of Gospel Preaching Live, brought to you by the Kearney Church of Christ, which meets at 406 North Clark in Kearney, Missouri. Make plans to come out and visit the brethren who look forward to seeing you. And now the host of Gospel Preaching Live, Richard Dodson. Welcome to Gospel Preaching Live. My name is Richard Dodson. I work as the minister at and with the Kearney Church of Christ in Kearney, Missouri. And if you ever have an opportunity to come meet with us, then we'd love to have you. We're going to extend a more formal invitation at the close of the lesson uh, that we hope that you find to uh, appreciate and be able to share with other people. If you're listening on Facebook and YouTube, give us a like. Uh, if you do appreciate the message and help us to share this message with as many people as possible. If you're listening through the podcast or through their radio show, then, hey, tell tell your friends about it. We need to spread the word so that we can get this message out to as many people as possible. That's what we aim to do with Gospel Preaching Live. We try to drop a couple of lessons each week and uh, right now we're trying to do that every Thursday evening at uh, uh, 7 p.m. and every Sunday evening at 6 p.m. And all times are central time. Uh, I probably should announce, though, at the first of the year, I, I think I'm going to do away with the uh, Sunday evening and Thursday evening deadline. I'm just going to try to drop them t- twice a week. I can't say what particular time that may be. It's, it's hard to put a, a time on when you're going to do this, when certain things come up. So I'm probably just going to start uh, dropping to a week, whenever I can fit it into my schedule. So we'll uh, be looking for that. That's in the first of the year of 2024. Uh, If you have any questions about Gospel Preaching Live, love to hear from you. You can call or text me at 816-686-9517. That's 816-686-9517. Just remember, I'm in the central time zone. Uh, these three three a.m. phone calls that come through sometimes, uh, you know, from uh, from places like Kenya and whatnot, uh, you know, just just remember where I live. <laughs> in the middle of the night, it's not always convenient. Gospel preaching live at gmail.com is the email. Uh, again, love to hear from you. If you're watching on Facebook and YouTube, leave a comment in the comment section. And I try to monitor those as well. And so hopefully uh, we'll be able to answer any questions or listen to uh, criticism or suggestions for a future lesson. I hear from so many people uh, listening from from everywhere in the world. And it's really is a, a humbling experience that people want to hear God's word and that uh, they they're hungering for it. And uh, to hear from so many, it's just, it's, I cannot tell you what that does for me. I, I just find it to be so encouraging. And so uh, I thank you for listening. I thank you for uh, uh, double-checking the message. And I thank you for sharing when you find it to be truthful. And uh, I pray that this message tonight uh, is truthful as well. Uh, This evening, I want to talk about receiving the word. Now, when we're talking about the receiving the word, we have to understand, as we're going to see in just a minute, that's a biblical phrase, receiving the word. A lot of times when we uh, think about receiving, you know, especially uh, uh, 
uh, this time of year being as I'm giving this lesson, it's during the Christmas season, you know, you might receive a package or a present, uh, you know, you're getting something and uh, instead of rejecting. And we see this in scripture, for instance, and I'm just using this as an example. Jesus used this phrase, uh, well, he used the word receiving in, in uh, uh, when he sent his disciples out to teach in, in what is a limited commission. But he told them, if anyone, in, in Matthew 10, 14, if anyone will not receive you or listen to your words, shake the dust off your feet, okay? Receive you. And that means there is an acceptance, uh, accepting of the message that's being taught uh, to be more specific in the uh, uh, what, what we're going to talk about this evening. So we're talking about receiving the word and accepting it as the will of God. Now, just by way of showing you that it is a biblical phrase, uh, in Acts chapter 8, when uh, uh, the preaching was done at Samaria, remember uh, uh, Simon the sorcerer was one who was converted there in, in Acts chapter 8 in Samaria. But notice what is said in Acts 8, 14 through 16. It says, when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God. They sent them Peter and John. And then he goes on in that phrase. But see, they, they received the word, and that means they accepted it. And, and so that's what we're talking about when we're, the Bible is talking about receiving the word. They are accepting it as the word of God. In Acts chapter 11 and verse 1, this was after the conversion of Cornelius, uh, who was a Gentile. It says the apostles and the brothers who were throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. Now, it wasn't just Cornelius. It was all those in his household. And so when it's talking about Gentiles, it's talking about Cornelius and his household. But the apostles, they heard that. They received the word of God. And they did. They heard the word and they obeyed it. Uh, they didn't reject it. Uh, they received it. And so I believe that's kind of what Jesus was getting at when he was talking to his disciples in that limited commission. Those who receive you will be those who are listening to that message that's being taught, and they're accepting it. They're going to obey it. Uh, they see this as the will of God. And so for the rest of the time uh, in our lesson, uh, I, I would like to talk about this very thing because it is something that Jesus brought up in John chapter 12 and verse 48. He said, the one who rejects me and does not receive my words, there's that word receive, doesn't receive my words, has a judge, the words that I have spoken will judge him on that last day. We need to make sure that we are receiving God's word because we do not want to be condemned on the day of judgment. Trust me, that's something we don't want to have. And so when we're talking about receiving the word, and that brings us to our first point, that means we are accepting as the word of God. Now, there's a difference between someone accepting a message as the word of someone else. You know, I can get called to testify in court and they may want to hear my testimony, and they may believe it. 
they are accepting it as the word of Richard. All right, but that's different. When Richard comes preaching the gospel and someone believes, they're not believing it as the word of Richard because Richard's telling them, that's not my word. I mean, this is God's word. I'm just telling you, this is what it says. I'm not trying to get credit for it. And so when people believe it, they are accepting it as the word of God because a lot of times we're talking about why it is the word of God. And I have to show them uh, why this is something they should accept. Now, I'll give you an example. First Thessalonians 2.13, uh, Paul said, we thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God, uh, which is uh, at, at work in you, in you believers. In other words, they're, they are accepting it as the word of God. They, uh, are, are, they believe in it. They, they are obeying it. And so because they're obeying it, it's, it's at work in them. It's doing exactly what the Father wants it to accomplish. That's what happens when someone hears the word of God and they accept it as the word of God. And that's something, listen, that's something, I, I, with this message tonight, you need to be double-checking to make sure whose message this is. Um, is this the message of Richard, or is this the message of God? And if it is the message of God, then there's no room for my pride. There's no room for my ego. There's no room for me to take credit. I can't glory in it. The only thing I can glory in is the fact that uh, Jesus Christ allowed me the privilege to preach it, but it's not my truth. And if you respond to that truth, it's not me you're responding to. It would be God because it is his word. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 10 through 13, the Apostle Paul is really trying to drive that same point I just made home to the Corinthians because they were thinking about men above that which was written. And so Paul was trying to compare what they were doing with other men with what he had been doing with those Corinthians and how he had tried to take a back seat and let God's word be the thing that they responded to. And so he had to kind of explain where God's word comes from. In 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 10 through 13, Paul said these things, talking about those things he's preaching, these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God, for who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him. And so also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. All right, so all he's saying here is that this message that he preached is not something he created. It's not the word of Paul. This is something that was revealed to him 
by the Holy Spirit. The Holy, as an apostle, he was an inspired man. The Holy Spirit got it from the mind of God. He went into the mind of God, searched it out, got the word, came and delivered it to the apostles, and, and in this case, the apostle Paul. And what did Paul do? He imparted it. He preached it. And we have that in the Bible today. And so we understand that when we hear God's message being preached, if we're doing so by presenting verses, then we understand then that this message is not the message of man. It is the message of God, and we accept it as such, meaning we're going to obey. And we're not obeying man. We're not obeying the Apostle Paul. That's what Paul made it very freely. You know, he, he made it very clear to the Corinthians. You know, you're not a disciple of Paul. You're a disciple of Jesus Christ. It's his message. It's his word. And that's what you responded to. And that's what man responds to today when they accept the word. They accept it as God's word and nobody else's. When I obeyed the gospel, I was responding to Jesus Christ. I didn't respond to any man. There was a man who baptized me, but I wasn't responding to him. I was responding to Jesus Christ. It was Jesus who convinced me that the word was God's word. It was Jesus who convinced me to believe in that word. And it was Jesus that I chose to obey. I responded to Jesus, not man. And so receiving the word means we are accepting the word as God's word. And that's something that I cannot emphasize enough how it's important that is. That is a very important part of being able to come to the Lord with faith. Hebrews 11, 6 says it's impossible to come to God without faith. And then Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Yes, you have to believe, but you can't believe unless Jesus convinces you. And the only way he's going to convince you is if you hear the evidence that's contained in the word of God. And so when you hear the evidence, you're hearing the testimony of God himself. God is saying, Richard, you need to believe, and here's why you need to believe. You need to be convinced that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that he was crucified and raised on the third day, and he now sits at the right hand of God. You need to be convinced of that. And when you are convinced of it, once you've heard the evidence and you've become to believe in that, now you can accept the word of God and now you can come to me because you believe you have faith, which leads us to our next point. Having a ready mind. I think some versions talk about doing it with eagerness. And all that means is you receive the word, you accept it, but uh, you're, you're like, what do I got to do? What do I got to do to respond to this word of God? I'm ready, but what do I got to do? That's the eagerness. That's the ready mind. And we have an example of that. 
Acts 17, 11, and 12, it said the Jews were more noble than those of Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness or ready mind, depending on your version. Examining the scriptures daily to see these things were so, and many therefore believed uh, with not a few Greek women of high standing as well as men. Okay. They received the word with all eagerness. What? What does that mean? Well, it, they were they were driven to double check to make sure those things that the Apostle Paul was teaching was in accordance to the scriptures. And so they had the Old Testament. They had that. And so they could go back and look and be convinced of the things that Paul was teaching. But they were moved to obey. That was the thing that the Word of God drove them to. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 9 through 11, uh, Paul had rebuked the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians. They had a man there in chapter 5 who had his father's wife. And uh, it appears with all the corrections that he made throughout the, the first book of Corinthians that uh, they, were, they, they, were, they received it with eagerness. They received the word as they should have, because it says in, in chapter 7, uh, in verse 9 and 11 of 2 Corinthians, this is the second letter, he says, I rejoice not because you were grieved, but because you were grieved into repenting. Now that's in response to what he corrected them with in the first letter. For you felt a godly grief so that you suffered no loss through us, for godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death. For see what earnestness this godly grief has produced in you, but also what eagerness, there we go, there's that eagerness, to clear yourselves, what indignation, what fear, what longing, what zeal, what punishment, at every point you have proved yourself innocent in the matter. And so what he's talking about is they had received the word in 1 Corinthians, and they had received it, they had accepted it as the word of God, but they also received it with eagerness to make sure they made the proper corrections. And that's what he makes very clear. And that's what we have to do as well. If we're going to receive the word as the Lord wants us to, then we have to have that eagerness to make the corrections. Now, again, we're not making corrections because man is telling us to make the corrections. We're making the correction because God is telling us. And so since God is telling us, we yield our will to his because he's the creator. We are that which is created. We have no room for me <laughs> In, uh, in, in the uh, legislative body of Christ. Jesus is the head. I am part of the body, being part of his church. I don't make rules. I accept the rules. And that's what we see taking place. And so if we are going to receive the word and accept it as the word of God, we have to have a ready mind, meaning we have to be ready to respond to what the word tells us to do. And in some cases, it's going to tell us to repent. In some cases, it's going to give us praise for doing what's right. And in other cases, it's just going to give us 
of further instruction. It, it doesn't matter. We're just looking to see what we have to do to be pleasing to God, and then we're going to get on with that. And so because we can know that we can be pleasing to God, we receive that word with joy of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit revealed God's word to us, and it produces joy. Why? Because as Jesus said in the Beatitudes, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they shall be filled. If that is your goal, if you are hungering and thirsting for righteousness, then it's that word of God that's being preached to you that is going to produce that. And so you're going to have joy because you're getting exactly what you're hungering and thirsting for, which is righteousness, which only means being right with God. You can be right with God. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 6 and 7, notice what is said. He says, Paul said, you became imitators of us and of the, and of the Lord, for you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. You see, it didn't matter in what their state was when they received the word. They were hungering and thirsting for righteousness so much that it didn't matter what was taking place. They were joyful in the fact they were finding out what they need to do to be able to please God. Now, there are those, though, as Jesus pointed out, some people are not uh, particularly fond of the gospel because it points them out as sinners, and they don't want that to be happening. They love to do the works of darkness. They don't want that to be exposed. Jesus made that very clear. There are those who shun the light. They want to live in darkness. 2 Thessalonians 2, 9 and 10 makes that very clear. The clumbing of the lawless one is of the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders and with all wicked deception. And, and of course, he's addressing that from previous verses. But he goes on to say, for those who are perishing, why are they perishing? Because they refuse the love, the truth, to love the truth and so to be saved. You see, if you have that love for the truth, I mean, if you hunger and thirst for righteousness, then you love the truth because you know that's what you're getting. I've often said, and I've used this countless times, I can remember a time when I was so thirsty, I, I was willing to drink pond water. And I'm talking about the kind of pond water that had the scum on top of it. I was at a place where I had no water and I couldn't boil the water. Now, I didn't drink the pond water, but I was so tempted. And when I finally got to a place where I could drink water, I, I cannot tell you how much, I mean, that was a priority. I had to have it. Before anything else, I had to have water. I was really hurting. Me and this other guy I was with, we were both really hurting for water. And so we, it was our priority to get it, and we loved it when we got it. Now, you just take that story and you put the word of God in it because the word of God should fit right in there with your life. If you're hungering and thirsting for righteousness, 
then you should love it when you receive the word because that's what you're looking for and that's what's going to bring you the joy that you're wanting to have. Now, part of receiving the word, and this is our last point, and I hope this uh, uh, will be uh, uh, something that the sermon, that, as well as the message, you know, this last point is something that uh, you can use in receiving the word. You need to apply it to memory. This, this word that you're receiving, you need to remember it. In Revelations 3 and verse 3 to the church at Sardis, Jesus said, remember then what you received. What they received? The word. The word is what they received. And he's saying you need to remember what you received and heard. Remember it. Keep it and repent. And so we understand that's something we have to do. We need to remember what the, the word teaches. And so, you know, come Sunday morning, you remember the word. So that's why you go to church. You know, the church is going to observe the Lord's Supper, and you remember that's something that the Lord wants you to do, and you know that from the Scriptures, and so you act upon that because you remember that. Those who don't, they have a tendency to forget, and that's never very good. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 1 and 2, Paul said, I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you. That's that word which you received, <laughs> they received the word, in which you stand and by which you are saved, if you hold fast that word I preached unto you, uh, unless you believed in vain. But now notice what Paul says concerning receiving the word. He said, I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you. We got to remember that message. And one of the best ways to remember that message is to study your Bible daily, read it, uh, listen to lessons like these, go to church, take part in Bible studies, uh, listen to a lesson from the preacher at, at church. You know, those are good ways to remember what you're learning from God's Word. That's all part of receiving the message, and that's what Jesus wants us to do. So when we're talking about receiving the word, we don't want to be one like Jesus said. Uh, he told his disciples to shake the dust off their feet. Uh, those people who received them, you know, they were supposed to linger with them. And, and so when we receive the word, we want to be like those type of people. We want to accept it as the word of God. And that also means we verify, as the Bereans did in Acts 17, 11, we verify things that are being taught to make sure it's the Word of God. But we accept it as such once we are convinced of that and see that. We do so with a ready mind. That means we're eager to act upon that Word, whether it's through repentance or through obedience, but we are going to act upon it. And we are joyful because it is something we're looking for. We are hungering and thirsting for and so we constantly monitor that word because we want to remember what the Lord has delivered to us. Okay, that's your lesson. I hope it's been beneficial to you. Uh, again, the Church at Kearney meets at 406 North Clark every Sunday morning at 930 uh, for Bible study, 1030 for worship. Come, please come. We'd love to have you visit. 
you'd be our honored guest. You can see a map to the building and anything else you might need, phone numbers. Uh, go to carneychurch.com and you'll find out everything you need to uh, know. Now, this uh, Gospel Preaching Live is also aired on a radio show, KPGZ 102.7 FM. Is It's on every Sunday morning at 7 a.m. in Kearney. Uh, as of the first of the year, it will be moving to 8 a.m. But uh, if you live outside of Kearney, that is not a problem. You can download their app, KPGZ's app. Go to KPGZ on the web and download their app. You can listen anywhere in the world. So you can hear more lessons like this. Now, Gospel Preaching Live is also broadcast in podcast form. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, on Apple, on Amazon Music, on Google Podcasts. And if there's another platform that we're not on that you want us to be on, let me know, and we'll try to get us on there. Uh, just a plug for Berean Spirits. It's an internet show that happens every Thursday at 10 a.m. Central Time. It's a Bible study show. There's me and two other preachers, and we try to study a topic each week. We invite those who are watching to take part, who watch on Facebook and YouTube. They leave comments in the comments section. We try to use those on the air. You can do so as well. You can go to carneychurch.com and press on the Brian Spirits app, and uh, you can take part in that. Or if you want to watch past episodes, we leave those up on our, our uh, Facebook page as well as the YouTube page. Uh, you can find all that at carneychurch.com. Or <laughs> we also broadcast it in the podcast, Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, and Apple. So you can find us there as well. Okay, next time I come to you, Lord willing, will be this Sunday. I'll drop something at uh, 6 p.m. Until then, remember, this is the day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice in it and be glad. This has been Gospel Preaching Live. Join us each week as truth is taught, faith is examined, and beliefs are challenged. Be sure and hit the like button so you can be notified of future episodes and to watch past episodes, go to our website, carneychurch.com. This has been a work of the Carney Church of Christ.